The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. What's in your wallet? Diana Rossini talking some NFL with her coming up a little bit later this hour. Maybe we'll get back to the college football stuff. The Kirby Hoka thing did not work out today. Efforting for a little bit later this week. Will Kane in again today. The Rosilla Show also reminding you that the 30 for 30 podcast returned this week. These are stories you just have to hear to believe. Subscribe right now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app or Apple podcast presented by Mini. We were talking rankings as they come out. You know, we have those up on ESPN.com, and I was a little surprised Clemson was two in front of Miami. Um, I also think I'm more on the side of Oklahoma's resume than Clemson's right now, but, you know, whatever. We'll talk to Kirby about this stuff at some point. But then it starts getting into, with all of these coaches getting fired, the tough conversation that you have to have as a college football fan, if you're not one of these clear Tier 1 programs, who are we really? I know who I want us to be, but who are we really? And I think the actual argument or discussion about who has like warranted entitlement versus unwarranted entitlement is perfect, and you've put together a list. I have. I was just thinking while you were talking. Our analogy earlier was the buddy who's peaked earlier in life. The analogy might be like the guy who's holding out for the perfect wife. Why are you looking at me? Oh, I was just taking a breath. The guy who at some point you go, yeah, but maybe that's not who you are. <laughs> I'm not talking about you. <laughs> It felt a little specific. <laughs> it's not, but no, you know, you know, you got that one buddy. You're like, I'm glad he finally settled. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't just keep shooting for the ten because it probably wasn't going to come along. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> so, who are these guys in college football? <laughs> okay, so you you have you have your list, and this is what. One to to what number and like it's based on number one is what number not the team but the, the definition of number one on this list is what the most deserved entitlement you believe you should be whatever it may be competing for a national championship if every you're Michigan year. you believe you should be Ohio State is that warranted or is that insane right right okay all right so deserved entitlement do you know who you are okay so who do you think's number one on this list Alabama. And they wore this when they were down in the 90s, to your point earlier, right? There's enough history, tradition, ability imbued into that program that where they are now, well, maybe not exactly where they are now. They might be overperforming a little bit because of Nick Saban. But this is where they belong. I College football is right when Alabama's on top. I can't believe how bad it was for Bama, but it's it real. Bad. It's real. A 4-9, and nine, a 3-8, and eight, a 6-7. and seven. They weren't ranked in the preseason for six straight years, from 2002 to 2007. Let me just actually, before we go down the list a little bit further, is Alabama's sense of entitlement actually inflated? Because without Nick Saban, and once Nick Saban is gone, what do they have a right to expect? Bring in Dabo, keep it going. I just don't know that anybody can do what Nick does. Like, Imagine if you said to someone, you go, Okay, this guy's an on-air talent, or this guy's a producer, and he's going to give you the best ratings. You're going to have the best ratings in your demo. Okay. I'm guaranteeing you that. All right. Like, what's the value of that? What if you had a financial advisor? Like, who's that guy? Oh, he's the best financial advisor there is. Well, how do you know? Because every year there's great returns. He outdoes every other financial analyst advisor we have. What's the value on that? And that's who Saban is in his sport. Before I do too much of this stuff, we're going to get further on this list. So, bam, okay, fine. Number two, I'm willing to acknowledge some personal biases and hear your rebuttal, but Texas. 
I really don't have a problem with it. And I don't like the – what's going to happen is in the moment, people are going to say Ohio State. So they just want a title. Who are you, Texas? Who do you think you should be? I think Texas should think that they're Alabama. But I don't know how you really separate these things from Ohio State. It's a better recruiting ground, too. That would be the – Absolutely. It's Texas, it's more money. Right. It's better recruits. Um, Texas Texas should be Ohio State. Texas should be Alabama. I have no problem with your arrogance. And I have Ohio State at third. Yeah. Okay. We did this a different year. Maybe it's a little bit different. Maybe USC would have been up there. You don't have them up there, though, do you? Well, USC is the one I'm in flux with. So right now at number four, and I think this could be wrong, I have Michigan. I think Michigan has a right. They are entitled. They deserve their entitlement. Even though they have done very little to back it up as of recent. Okay, but here's the sneaky thing on Michigan, is if you look historically where they are with their national championships, you let them jump a bunch of teams of better history. I know. And I, know. I would put USC ahead of Michigan. I think I'm willing to accept that rebuttal. I really am. I had USC entirely too low. Where did you have USC? I'd have been nine. They need to come Whoa. Up. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. It's All true. Right. All right. All right, True. so five. Huge oversight. That's okay. Hey, look, it's your first time through this list. Man, what are you going to do? Yeah. Oklahoma. I'd put Oklahoma over Michigan. Oklahoma is one of those tricky ones where when I start doing the traditional recruiting-based stuff. Like right, what's, all what, your arguments, the airport, yeah. all that. <laughs> you like but I'm, I know, I'm big on the airport, direct <laughs> flights. When you live in Hartford for a while, you start thinking about flights more often. Uh Oklahoma pulls this off, and their history is better than Michigan's. And I know Michigan fans are going to come back with me with total wins. Look, I'm sorry. Like, you just, you know, if we're comparing you to the top three or five programs in college football, it's going to get a little tougher. Michigan's helmet helps, though, too. It does. Number six, Miami. How do you feel about that? Srudy thinks I have Miami entirely too high. Because it's been so long since they've been. I wouldn't. I don't know how you put him ahead of USC, but that might just. Well, now be the I've got. I accepted yeah. your. I accepted your jumping up of USC. So now I'm working. Who in, else? Let's work through the list this way, right. so I can see. Just keep flying through it. Florida. Okay. LSU. Yep. This brings me to Nebraska. <laughs> Nine was USC. You have Nebraska ten. Yep. Whoa. Okay. Who's eleven and twelve then? Eleven is Georgia. Twelve is Florida State. So you think Nebraska should be walking around going expecting requiring so you'd have a hiring <laughs> coaches saying this is what we want and not being insane about it. So if you had a Florida State buddy and a Nebraska buddy and they were both coming off a 6 and 6 season and the Nebraska guys says this is unacceptable for us. Yes. And the Florida State guy said no 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 this is unacceptable for us. You would sit there at the bar and go to the Nebraska guy and say, hey, I kind of agree with you more so than the guy from Tallahassee. That's what your rankings are telling me. Can I tell you the t- couple things that influence that? First of all, I'm influenced by deep history as well as recent history. Okay, so you're right. If we go over the last, I don't know, 17 years or so, Florida State has vastly outperformed Nebraska. Vastly. But I just think there's something for all that history giving you an entitlement that you think you can recoup. And I think you can too, Nebraska. I think you should be. I think you should be the one of the top two or three programs in the Big Ten. You shouldn't be in the Big Ten, but now that you're there, <laughs> I think you should be a top two or three program in the Big Ten. And Florida State's coach 
is rumored to be interested or wooed to Texas A&M? And why is Jimbo Fisher talked about with other programs? If Florida State is number 10, in your estimation, there are only nine other programs we should be talking about Jimbo Fisher I'm ever not even considering. Sh- I'm not sure I'm okay with Florida State being that low. Okay. Oh my gosh, where would you put them? Florida State had that run of 15 years of finishing, what, in the top five? He hung around with Danny for a long time. You think Danny saw, he and I agreed all the time on ACC stuff? I, I don't have to sit next to Danny to know that Florida State, like, I can't believe you look at Nebraska this way. I mean, there's history and then there's ancient history. Oh my gosh, you're so rude. I'm sorry. Like, how else do you play this game? Like, think about, think about this game, okay? As we're mentioning all these teams, Rosillo here with Will Kane, reminding you you can watch all three hours of the show on ESPN News. Give me the last kind of, hmm, that's a weird national champion. Give me the last weird one where you go, okay, you know, that's weird. There, I mean, they're... those teams don't win it. No, they, there isn't one. What is it? It's probably Washington in 91, and then if it's not that. Is that the one they split with Colorado? Did we get no, two that weird was, ones? No, that was Washington and Miami because Miami won the AP title. And younger kids are like, what? Like, what year no, no. was the Colorado Before the BCS thing? kids, we used to just vote. <laughs> <laughs> what year was the Colorado one? 90, and Georgia Tech won the UPI national championship in their poll. So it's been really 27 years since you've had a team. You go, that's a weird national champion. Right. And Washington fans right now go, what, what's so weird about it? I'm like, okay, look, it's a little different than USC, Florida State, Tennessee, Florida, Bama, Al, you know. LSU again, Ohio State twice, so Miami our, in there. Is our biggest discrepancy where Florida State is, who Florida State is? And by the way, I don't think I'm insulting Florida State by having them at 12. We're still top, talking about I would not have there. Nebraska ahead of Georgia. No way. Not with the talent. I mean, we're talking about a state with maybe 2 million people versus Georgia with the fourth most NFL players in the United States. Uh, I, Nebraska wouldn't. I'm sorry. The history, I know what it is, but... That analogy I use with Florida State, Nebraska guy, that you would side with Nebraska guys' angst before you'd side with Florida State guys, that's crazy to me. I don't know. You're making good arguments. and I'm. But listen, if you can hear me, Warren, you need to do something about this because you're the one guy. I'm not even a Nebraska fan, but Warren, you're the one guy that can fix this problem. Warren Buffett. Omaha, the Oracle of Omaha. Two million people, but one of them really matters. He's the one that can bring this program back. Okay, we'll give you the final uh, population numbers coming up next. Diana Rossini on the Saints. Magic, are they really one of the four best teams in the NFL? That's all here on the Rosillo Show. It's ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock. 
he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Bonus content there, because every now and then I, I can make that mistake with the on-off buttons here. we got Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. Before Diana Rossini joins us here, I know that you want to follow up because you're getting destroyed on Twitter because you were putting together a list of the most entitled and warranted entitled college fan bases and who they think they should be, led by Alabama, and then you went through 12 teams you put together. And this is the yeah. problem when you do lists on the fly. Right. You feel like you made a mistake now. Well, I made several mistakes. I had USC too low. There's some issues people have with me having Nebraska so high. Yeah, the Nebraska's the, in the 12. I, I think that's I hit problem. the mic. Apparently, I hit. I left Florida State too low, and recent developments are going to have me push Florida State down lower. Oh, because Florida State. Yeah, Florida State Twitter could be a little little tough. No, it's not Twitter. Um, <laughs> I actually hit the on button on the mic during the yeah. commercial break, and I, so I let the audience know I'm getting blown up by one fan base who is, deserves to be upset with me. That you would, Not just me, by the way, you as well. We didn't think of it this It wasn't program. my list. Yeah, but you didn't say, hey, what about either? Uh, I was working off your list. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Okay, but I think it's closer to 12 than it is 1. It's higher than Nebraska-Notre Dame. <laughs> okay, so you have, yeah, if you're doing your history lesson here, you would have them higher than Nebraska. Rossini joins us now on the Shell Penzo Performance Line. Get instant gold status at Shell. Join the Fuel Rewards program now at fuelrewards.com slash gold. Dinah, you have been on the Saints beat oh, kind of off and on. I'm not saying like that's the only team you cover. You're all over the country. But you definitely have been great on the information coming out of New Orleans. What have you seen from this team and how they've been able to become just kind of the inner workings of understanding they're one of the five best teams in the league right now? Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, if you look at the one thing that stands out about the Saints team that we haven't seen in the last six, seven years, it stands out like a sore thumb, and that's their defense. I mean, how legit are they now compared to what they've been? I feel like all we ever did was make fun of the fact that they were so bad on defense. Yes, Sean Payton is that genius on offense. They got Drew Brees. They always had those weapons on offense. But finally, it seems like they've figured out what works. And, you know, the one thing that they talk about the most when when you chat about all right what are you guys doing right what do you like about your team the youthfulness is what i know drew Brees has said to me one-on-one before uh and when i've talked you know when i've spoken to mark ingram when i've spoken to sean payton they point to the fact that they're such a young group of guys they are the fifth youngest team in the nfl right now you got drew Brees, who's 38 years old and you got five rookies five that start on this team this 2017 draft class for the New Orleans Saints, is their best draft class since that 2006 year when Drew Brees first joined the New Orleans Saints. And that's, that's certainly been the difference with this team. And, you know, it's, right now they're riding this high of, you know, seven games straight, going for eight. And, you know, one of the things I talked to some of the guys about is what's the mentality inside the locker room right now? Because they are so young, you know, you always run into that problem with, with young players where they get ahead of themselves. They don't know what it's like. And Drew Brees said to me once that the best part about these young guys is the fact that they just don't know. It's almost like the, the, the naivete of it is helping the Saints. So this past week, one of the themes that they have in their, in, in their meetings is uh, don't take the cheese. It's an old Bill Parcell saying, uh, meaning the cheese, whenever you see cheese for, for a mouse or a rat, where is it? It's, it's in a trap, right? So mm-hmm. stay away from the cheese, and that cheese is right now us. Uh, you know, one of the things that they kind of 
uh, respond to me in a funny way of, hey, the theme right now for us is to stay away from you <laughs> because we're giving them so much love. People are talking Super Bowl and, and they don't want to hear it because they don't they actually don't even think they're that good yet. They like their team. They think they can do good things, but they're not at a point where they think that they can win a Super Bowl just yet. Diana, you just said Drew Brees is 38 years old. I'm going to ask you a triple barreled question. It's terrible journalism. Love it. How much longer will Drew Brees play? Will those years be with the Saints? And has that answer changed in the last two months? I'm going one more season. I'm going, I think he and Sean Payton are are tandem. And what was the third one again, Triple Barrel Man? Well, you just answered it when you said one more season because I'm blown away. I said, has that answer changed in the last two months, meaning his future with the Saints looks more promising than somewhere else possibly? I think Drew Brees finished his career in New Orleans. I think that's it. I think you just said one more year as well? You say so only one more year? I'm thinking one more season. Really? I'm not saying this as a fact. This isn't something I've collected. This is something from Breaking just being news. around them. We're tweeting stuff. it. Stop that. Uh, no, I think for them, I, I think I think Drew Brees is, is, is on the back nine here. And I'm interested to see how much longer Sean Payton would even stay in New Orleans as well. I think those two are, are, are going to go hand in hand. And, you know, I've seen some reports out there from, from other networks about mm. that situation, that relationship, the contract that Drew Brees, the discussion of where they're at. And that is the one thing that I feel very confident reporting back on is there isn't an issue between Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. Just because they haven't discussed the contract and what they're going to do with it doesn't mean that things aren't good. Uh, if, if anything, it's the opposite. There, there's a bond there and a loyalty between Peyton and Brees that I, I've, I don't think I've seen since covering the NFL for a few years between a quarterback and a coach. There's, it's certainly sort of like a family father-son thing going on right there. And uh, I, all, speaking of news, I don't know if I could drop this in. I would be curious on what you guys think about it. Um, so the Saints hired Mike Westhoff today. Um, Mike Westhoff, remember, yeah. special teams coach for the Jets back in the Eric Mangini days. Um, so he's 70 years old. He's got, obviously, tons of respect around the league for, for being a great special teams guy. But here's the Saints on a seven-game win streak, and they make a change at special teams. I think that says a lot about what this team is doing because you think you don't want to shake, you don't want to rock the boat usually when, when you're winning like this. But to look at your, your team and go, all right, where are we still having problems? Where do we still need to improve? Let's make that change now. I think that takes guts and leadership, and I, I think it was a really good move by the Saints. Yeah, everybody loves Westhoff stuff, but that is surprising still. You, even if you have issues, you're 7-2, and two, and usually teams don't do that. We're talking with Diana Rossini here, Rosillo Show, Will Kane on ESPN Radio. Before we let you bounce here, I know you were just around the Redskins. I always feel like when Cousins has the bad game, and not that it happens that often, the front office kind of goes, yep, see, this is the whole point. Um, and then he puts up the numbers. You wonder what their options are. How do you think that Cousins thing plays out this year? I think Kirk Cousins is not with the Redskins after this season. I think this is it. Um, I don't get the feeling from being around that team that that Washington is going to be the place for him. I think there's enough teams out there, uh, you know, teams that we don't think about even, the Giants, the Steelers. I mean, how long is how many times has Big Ben talked about retiring? Uh, at some point, they're going to need to replace him. Uh, I think there's plenty of teams that are going to want him, and I, I do not think, despite the numbers, and you, and you see them, and sometimes they, they do shock you a little of how good he's been in certain situations, especially like we saw in Seattle in that fourth quarter. I still don't think they love him. They like him. They don't love him. All right. Hey, where are you this weekend? I am in New Orleans for Redskins Saints. All right. That's all perfect. Right. We didn't even know that leading up to it. Enjoy New Orleans, all right? 
Look at that. Look, you guys are you guys, this is why you're a great duo right here. You guys are like the running backs in the Saints right now. You just work so well together. Nice. See, and she's, thank you, she's nice enough to compliment us on the way out. So now we're blushing. <laughs> uh thank you, Diana. That's Diana Rossini, coverage of the Saints and Redskins. Are you blushing? Um, yes. Cool. Yes. All right. Up next. Two the, dudes yelling. <laughs> the, the Bills bench. Uh Tyrod Taylor and Andy Benoit called this a month ago on our show, and we'll play that for you. Coming up right here at the Rosillo Show at CSPN Radio. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. Have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people every step of the way. Kronos. HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. We are all, I think we're all stubborn people in, in some ways, right? Whether it's your beliefs in life, disagreements you have. I mean, nobody, and I've said this throughout my years doing this show, you don't really love being wrong. It's just being absolutely wrong. Like I was completely wrong about Miami Notre Dame. And I'm watching that game, not as this college football fan, Will Kane, Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. I'm watching Notre Dame just absolutely go down their leg, and I'm going, I'm not enjoying this as much. Right, because you did you you were rooting to be right. Yeah. I wanted to be right. Yeah. I wanted to come back and be like, you know, Miami hadn't really played anybody, and you know, you get those big uglies up front, and that's a whole different ball game. Nope. <laughs> Shut yes. you down. Shut you down. So I don't think anybody goes, you know what I loved was when I picked, when I picked the team that lost the NBA Finals, that was fun. I remember we worked with a guy who, uh, I'm not going to say his name because I'm not close with him, but it's not like a nasty thing or anything like that. I just you know who know you know how this stuff works. He picked, uh, he picked the Miami Heat against the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA Finals. Okay, okay, and remember how that series went. Oh, I do. Dallas is up 2-0. What are they up? 13 points in the fourth quarter of game three? Yeah. Something terrible. And then, then Avery Johnson panicked, switched hotels. That, and then Dwayne Wade went to the free throw line a million times. Right. Thank you, Bennett Salvatore. And the Heat ended up winning those NBA Finals mm-hmm. against the Dallas team that felt like they were the right pick. They're up 2-0. Okay, this, this is happening. Dirk's going to get his championship. And I worked with somebody who picked against the Heat. Okay, a lot of us picked against the Heat. Not one. Picked against the Heat. And every day he came on... Hey, I told you, this Heat team, they're the worst. And I do think that Heat team, that one, that won a title, is probably one of the worst teams that I can remember winning an NBA championship. But every show he did the next day was, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And then they blow that lead. And it's like, okay, whatever, blip. It's not really who they are. And then every game Miami would come back and win, he would tell you all the reasons why their outcome was wrong. And by the end of it, he was a miserable human being. <laughs> Just had the worst time ever talking about the NBA Finals. The reason I bring that up, Will, is that if you have been pro Tyrod Taylor and now he has benched by a second regime with the Buffalo Bills, an offseason where the team said, go be a free agent, find a better deal, or you can come back to us for a $10 million pay cut, 
and your bench for a rookie in Nathan Peterman, and you've been pro Tyrod, could you at any point go, maybe it's not that it's unfair, maybe I've just been wrong about Tyrod Taylor, the quarterback? Do you think anybody is doing that today? And and I've had some people come at the show saying, oh, you're, you're making this up. There are a lot of people in the media that have told you that Tyrod Taylor is really good and think this is the wrong decision, that he's been good. Well, I think I've done that with you today to some extent. I begin the conversation thinking, look, man, Tyrod's getting a bad shake here. He completes 64% of his passes. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's got 10 touchdowns to three interceptions. Yeah, he had a bad game against New Orleans. Apparently not a great game against the Jets when he completed 72% of his passes. But I hear you. Um, yeah, you, you haven't because I keep telling you in the game that you didn't watch. He didn't play that well. But that's all right. That's I all know, right. Keep I going know. to that 72%. You can always complete 75%, which yeah. he did against the Raiders the week before. Um, And I look at the stats, and I've seen Tyrod play, and I think it's there. It's there for this guy. But by the end of our conversation, not just your words, which I find persuasive, I do hear you. I do find you persuasive. But the clips you play from guys like Andy Benoit. Here's Benoit a month ago on our show. What's the problem with Tyrod Taylor? There will never be a stat to capture our throws that should be attempted that are not attempted. And when you put on the All-22 Coaches film and you see how these plays are drawn up, every game, more than any other QB in the league, Tyrod Taylor's leaving guys open on the field unattempted. He's not processing. He's not seeing. He's not a full-field progression reader. And he's also not an anticipation thrower. And that's a bad mix. You have to really simplify the offense and build around him. Now, they put Taylor on the move a lot, which slices the field in half. Now he's only reading half the field. That's a very specific way to play, though. And when you're, the more specific you are, the easier you become to game plan against. So my guess is they're going to keep their eyes very much open for a quarterback, not this season, but you know, heading into the offseason and moving forward. So I think that's the best analysis and rebuttal to, yeah, I get it, he's got a great QBR. Yeah, top 10 QBR. But this is what he's not doing. This is what you don't see in the 25% of passes that are missed. It's the ones that he should have thrown, complete or incomplete. The ones in the playbook that he's ignoring. It's the game plan that we're not capable of implementing because he's only reading half the field. I think that's a great insight and great rebuttal. I don't have confidence that Nathan Peterson is all of a sudden going to open up your entire playbook for you. And that's accurate, too. The Peterman play on this where he put together a nice little drive and a couple things they liked at the end of that blowout against the Saints, That's maybe he's going to be good. But to say from that game in a blowout when the Saints defense doesn't care anymore, I mean, these guys just, you can see in games, we're up, we're in control of this thing, and then you put together a nice little drive with no pressure on you whatsoever and down big. Uh, I don't think it's fair to look at Peterman and say he's the answer at all. But if you look at their spot right now, fighting for a playoff spot, and they're comfortable benching the quarterback, and this is the second organization, well, excuse me, the second regime of this Bills organization that have gone, we don't really like Tyrod, then how can you be upset about him being benched? Like, aren't they telling you everything? And I think sometimes it is just that simple. We have Herman here all the time. We ask him about changing quarterbacks. He goes, when I bench Vinny Testaverde, I looked at him and said, Vinny, it's not your fault. It's not Tyrod's fault that they got gashed as a Bills defense for 300 rushing yards last week. I know that's not Tyrod's fault. He also completed nine passes for the game. But Herm goes, I just went to Vinny. I go, I need to go with a kid. I need to go with somebody new. I need everybody coming into work next week feeling like it's a little bit different. We need some kind of shot in the arm. And maybe that's wrong, but it happens. It happens in every workplace. Yeah, but I don't think that's what's happening here. 
You this just think they direct, don't. No, this is a direct indictment of Tyrod Taylor. This isn't. I just need a change because they're five and four. Man. So are you changing your they're mind in on the him? Middle then? of the playoff race. So are you going to come back at me when I'm not like messing with you here? But like, will you come back at somebody with Tyrod Taylor QBR and a Tyrod debate again this year? If you had to go on first take tomorrow and they said who wants to, who wants this to argue year? for Tyrod Taylor, right? Here's would, where would you I say land. I do tomorrow? Here's where because I you land. can find the information to make that pro Tyrod argument of if course. you want to. Here's where I land. I understand the Bills moving on from Tyrod Taylor. I'm not sure I understand them moving on from Tyrod Taylor today, right now, at 5-4, and four, holding on to the sixth playoff seating right now. All right, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I just, you know, we, we had Mina Kimes on, and she wrote this really long piece, and Levitard and those guys are like, man, between Aaron Rodgers' collarbone and Tyrod getting benched, like the next quarterback that's going to want to do a profile with her for ESPN in the magazine, <laughs> like, we're good. All right, coming up, we had McShay with us for that first hour, as we do on Wednesdays, and we started debating um, people's pick for Sexiest Man Alive, which actually was maybe the best thing we did all day today. It's ESPN Radio. Geico presents Left Brain versus Right Brain. After much deliberation, I've decided we should switch to Geico. Hey, sounds good to me. We could save hundreds of dollars on our car insurance, which, now I'm just blue sky in here, <laughs> we can reinvest those funds into my business idea. Oh, not this again. First, get some investors on board, right? Nobody is going to invest in dental floss made of turkey jerky. Okay, well, not with that attitude. Wow. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Big uh, group bonding thing going on tonight. I don't know if everybody's aware of that, so we'll report back tomorrow. A big dinner at our favorite restaurant that, well, I might get in trouble. It's one of our favorite restaurants, Sayulita. That's Mexican food I've ever had in a little town called Glastonbury, Connecticut. All right. Let's just pump the brakes here, Connecticut people. Bring it on. Dangerous. The only, the only you know, reprieve you guys might have is you've got Adnan tomorrow and not me. So I'm not going to be here to tell you, okay, Connecticut, nice Mexican food, but let's not get over our skis here. What do you think? I don't travel? <laughs> oh, my God. You can travel all you want, buddy, but let me tell you something. I mean... You, I, I'm I not taking, I'm not taking Mexican food recommendations. Let me, it, oh, okay. <laughs> look, look, if I just write down in my little rule book, don't take Mexican food recommendations from people from the Northeast, you'll have to forgive me. Oh, I understand your arrogance, but do you think I would say it? What? Do you think I would say that about a place in Connecticut that it's the best Mexican food without having experienced other places? There is zero chance. Zero. Not 1% chance, 0% chance that the best Mexican food place in the United States is in Connecticut. Zero. <laughs> we shall find out tonight. So we're going to do a little team building deal uh, because the podcast numbers, we set a record in September, and then we broke the record again in October. So there you go. Rosillo, get some. Uh, previously on the Rosillo Show, brought to you by GNC, hustle the GNC or GNC.com today. And slay the season with buy one, get one half off at GNC Sports Performance Products. Sale ends November 22nd. GNC live well. We talked with McShay in that first hour about People Magazine's Blake Shelton winning Sexiest Man Alive. Previously on the Ryan Rosillo Show. Who's your Sexiest Man Alive if not Blake Shelton? Not Blake. Who? I don't know. Are you doing the thing where because they pick Blake, then you're just adamant that it's not Blake? No, Give us no, a name, no, no, McShay. no, no, uh, no. Gosling? Oh, you're you doing the thing now year. where you're afraid to say another man's good looking? Yeah. Who's your hottest friend? My hottest and friend? And include body. 
Not you, if that's where you're trying to go. No, I just wanted to make sure you're being fair. Oh, okay. Next. <laughs> McShay. Yeah. <laughs> well, who do you think Here's the hottest security. guy is? I don't know. I think Blake's a pretty good choice. I think he's a lot got of a people lot of good didn't things. like this. Yeah, he's got a lot going on. He's uh, what? Don't start. Don't throw money into it. This is looks. I know that. Well, I'm gonna tell you. Is it looks one. though? He's oozing in charm. Oozing yeah, I think charm, charm and and that adds to it. Oozing. He could talk me into some things. <laughs> Go out on that. It's so much better the second time. Did we tweet that video out? We will? Okay. How good are McShay's one-liners? Not Blake. He doesn't like that pick at all. He's being defiant. And this is what I'm trying to get on Todd about. Is he doing the thing where he's not going to say another man's good-looking? He's not willing to give his male good-looking rankings? You know, it sounds like that now the second time, but when we did it live, I don't think that's what he's doing. And I think I know him well enough that he's not afraid. He's not afraid to say how good-looking a man is. All right, give me your top five hottest dudes from one to five. Mm. Tom Hardy's one. Tom Hardy's in there. Uh, Levitard apparently really was named as a 30, what is it, an under 30 or sexiest bachelor available in People magazine. What? Yeah, that's real. They tweeted it out from the Levitard show deal. It's all over the interwebs now. It's blowing up. It's going viral. People magazine. Kids are liking it. Yeah. The picture's terrible. Have you ever looked at Levitard and gone, God, he must have been so hot back in his day? Hey, not to take this off of Levitard. Because I do. I'm sure he needs a few more hours of people covering his. But Fruity and I got into this conversation the other day. We have to do this. Okay, I'm back. Top five hottest guys or top five guys that are most warrantedly hot? Well, I think what provoked this conversation, Fruity, was top five hottest guys at ESPN. And then we got into a conversation Uh about who's changed the most. And this one is blow your mind. Blow your mind. Can't believe the transformation this human being has gone through. Right, Srudy? It's a, from like high school, college to like now. Completely different human being. Van Pelt? Well, not yes, but not as much as this guy. So you're telling me there's a guy that's on air, and I have to go back to his high school days to what he looks like now? No, do college. You can do college, and guess what? You can. So he's an athlete. Looked like total meathead guy, yoked out, and now he's like... Kind of a GQ looking dude. Not even yoked out in some in some pictures, and I know that it's not true, but in the pictures, a little doughy. Oh, David Pollock. Fair. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why did that come so fast? Because I had to think doughy. <laughs> Pollock is a is a good looking guy. David Pollock is a good looking. But he played D tackle at Georgia, first round pick, had the neck injury, so done. And then, but David Pollock today and David Pollock, University of Georgia, does not look like the same guy. Does not look like. Oh yeah, he just got in shape. He looks like a different dude. Well, yeah, he looks like a completely different guy. Uh, so now you want to do top five guys at ESPN or just top five guys? Because I mean, I have a lot of homework really to do here. To, I don't really want to do it at all. Just dudes talking dudes. <laughs> do you think you're in the top five? No. Uh, are you just doing <laughs> the thing you have to do, like we got out coached? What's the out coached? I like when a quarterback throws four picks and the coach goes, oh, put it on me. We got out, coach. You're like, that's not what you think on the drive home. Well, do I ever pull my punches? No, but that's a different one. It's a really weird thing if you had said, I'm definitely top five, Ryan. I know people say that around here. Or, yeah, I'm going to amend that. I know people say that. 
I want to ask Michelle, but I'm afraid of everything now. I don't know if I'm going to get reported to HR if I were to ask her, would Will Cain be one of the five? No, I don't want to do the question that way. I just want to give, I want to know who your top five is. All right. Rousseau Show. Is David Pollock in the top five? Reminding if you miss any of the show, you can subscribe to our Best of Podcast available in the Listen tab of the ESPN app.